This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed Podcast with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I am the host of Obsessed Podcast, the podcast that you're listening to so it all makes sense. Anyway, we are back. We were on a brief hiatus, but now, as of this episode, we have returned. We're going to be back to our weekly schedule, a new episode every Thursday, and some more stuff. If you are listening and going, uh, what are you what, what are you talking about? Uh, this podcast used to be a part of Feral Audio, and then Feral Audio was no longer a part of the world. If you would like to know about that, just Google Feral Audio, and it is the first thing that comes up, all of the info. But that is the past, and today we are talking about the future. I looked into some possible networks. Nothing was quite the right match right now, so we are not with a network right now. We are just proudly independent, which is going to let us uh, be pretty nice and flexible. Nice and flexible. We are the yoga of podcasts right now. We can do whatever we want. That's the point of yoga, right? I can do whatever I want. No, that will hurt you. Don't do that. That's bad advice. Here's some stuff that is not bad advice. It's just information about the podcast. We got a lot of new bells and whistles on our return. We have unveiled some brand new artwork. This artwork was created by Brian E. Ward, who is a great artist and designer, and it uses a photo by my dear and departed friend Jessica Verma. So I'm really, really happy to have that out in in the world. In addition to the main show that comes out every Thursday, I'm going to be adding a weird little bonus show that's going to pop up now and then, and it is going to be called Obsessed Reviews. It is going to be weird, fast, fun, obsessive little reviews of movies and TV shows and big pop culture events that I just want to talk about right now, right after the movie comes out. Sometimes I'll have a guest. Sometimes I will be doing it uh, with my wonderful wife, Sarah, as my guest. Sometimes I might just talk about a movie alone into a microphone with nothing to keep me company but you, dear listener, and also maybe a small shot of whiskey and or a bowl of cheese. We've also got some new goals on our Patreon. If you are interested in supporting the podcast, helping us to grow, you can do that by contributing even a dollar a month to our Patreon. You can find all of the information about that at patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. Finally, You're in for a wild ride of episodes coming up because I'm going to be doing some brand new episodes that I'm recording right away in the moment, and I'm going to be adding into the feed some of the episodes that I recorded during the hiatus. So some things will be brand new, full of topical references and whatnot, and other things will be hilariously out of date. You might hear me advertise a show that I already did. And then a week after that, you might hear the broadcast of that show. We have a lot of great topics coming up. We've got an episode about Christopher Nolan. We have a live show about storytelling. We have a live show about cats and dogs. Soon I'm going to have my traditional Star Wars episode where I'll be talking about The Last Jedi. All sorts of things. For now, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. If there's anything that you want to see more of in Obsessed Podcast, just let me know. Reach out on the old social media. You can find me at Joseph Scrimshaw in the podcast at Obsessed Podcast. For now, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode that is all about really, really good, very bad movies and a side of porgs. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I am sitting in my home with an awesome guest. Uh, she is a host and a video producer for Entertainment Tonight, plus a big fan of Porgs. It's Ash Crossan. Oh my gosh, <laughs> big fan of Porgs. <laughs> you led the charge, really, in the internet's appreciation of Porgs. Yeah, I don't want to take full um, credit, but I sh- deserve full credit. <laughs> <laughs> no, the hashtag PorgNation, though, is that something that you created? So I was in the presence of the creation it was actually jeremy johns okay on jedi council he did it but it was because i was like talking about it so incessantly and like yelling at ken knapsack and yeah. jeremy was like i'm gonna validate you i just hashtag pork nation there you go and um it was born yeah and it now it does have a little pork emoji didn't yes. it? yes yeah. yes okay so, so fully validated it by the powers official. that be 
it became official. I have to tell you, so last night I talked to Ryan Johnson and I was like, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty responsible for hashtag pork nation. Yeah. And he, he bowed to me. Oh, he bowed. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, wow. This yeah. is like the Beyonce of Star Wars. <laughs> Ryan Johnson is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Queen Porg. Well, it was because I was like talking about how excited I was that I did this interview and um, all my coworkers like don't fully get grasp like how important Ryan Johnson is to Star Wars at the moment. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it's like if Taylor Swift was <laughs> tweeting at you right now and they were just like, oh, okay, okay. Oh, I, yeah, okay, I get it, yeah, I yeah. get it. It's like you started a hashtag for Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I have, I've never got a chance to, to talk to you about what uh, all of your tweets about the Porgs are fun and funny and I love right. them, but what I really love the Porgs too and I'm curious what it is about them that you truly love because I sense that it is... Siri doesn't know. <laughs> Siri started asking, what are porgs? I was like trying to make sure my phone was on silent and then no. I just ruined everything. No, it happens. <laughs> Siri will probably talk uh, on my phone at least twice during this podcast. It happens all the time. Okay, good. Uh, so what is it you truly like about them? Um. Okay, I'm going to be real honest with you and I don't want to break hearts around the world or no, that's anything. That's fine. But it, you hate them. It totally started as a bit. Like okay. everything in my life, it's ironic. It was just like, oh, it's just funny because people hate them so much. Like yeah. when we first saw them, everyone hated them. And everyone was like, look at these things. And I was like, you know what? They're the best. And I love how divisive these like stupid birds are. It was like yeah. really funny. And then, you know, Ken started torturing me about the recipes and stuff. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to lean into this. I love porgs. I'm going to represent the porgs. I'm going to be their voice because no one is speaking for them. (laughs) Um, So I felt like a responsibility to be the queen of the porgs. And then, you know, the danger of irony. You really do fall in love with them. And it is the branding that people then associate with it. So you did fall in love with them legitimately. Yes, yes, Because I got really nervous about that. I was like, listen, I've been really... (laughs) Can you imagine if, like, they were the most annoying thing about the last... They just flew over Octu having diarrhea or something terrible like that. (laughs) Yeah. Every every transition was just a porg. A porg wipe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a porg wipe. <laughs> I love them, and I always love them because I love anything like that that is so stupid it shouldn't work, mm-hmm. but it does, and it is amazing to me that they're just these, you know, these ovals with eyes and little frowny mouths, right? And yet they are incredibly emotive. And then the fact that in the movie they're like cycled into not only like comedy moments, but like when Ray learns the true nature of the galaxy of life. And death in dark and light. There's a little porg montage in it. Like, Like, they're, you know, they're not just like, "Eh, yeah, here's some merchandising, which is what, you know, really negative people, I think, always say is like, they're just selling toys. And like, no, they're great. Yeah. And I like also they they had to be there, you know, on that island. There were so many freaking birds. They were like, we can't just have puffins everywhere. Right. We've got to make them some kind of creature. Yeah. So they're the thus- ultimate photo bombers. The yeah, porgs, right? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to Porg Obsessed. It's an old Porg <laughs> podcast now. We're going to get into surprisingly not the topic. <laughs> <laughs> but I am so passionate, and it's a great great honor to have the Beyonce of Porgs here. Oh my uh, gosh! Wow. So w- let's get into your actual obsession yes which is bad good movies is that a good way to describe it yeah i, I call them best worst movies best, i think worst it's because movies. there's a troll 2 documentary about troll 2 called best worst movie and i feel like that's just like the name of the of the genre, genre? Yeah, yeah yeah it can't really be a genre right because they're they're never intentional right so, that's when they're the best when it's not intentional yeah yeah so i want to go back to the beginning of like when so the movies we're talking about are things like the room and samurai cop and you know a lot of things at mystery science theater more modern things that mystery science theater or rift tracks have covered i guess only rift tracks has covered modern things because that's not what mystery science theater does anyway uh those kind of movies yes so when did you first discover what was your introduction to this accidental genre um i think think oh oh okay i know exactly what it was so this whole thing started because i love to play drinking games to movies okay okay hold on (laughs) is siri coming back no i brought a visual which is great for podcast (laughs) listeners um i have this binder that's a very large binder gigantic oh look there's siri and it's just alphabetized pages and pages of drinking games that I've made to various movies throughout the years. Okay, now this book goes, these look like junior high era. Um, I would say it's the past 10 years. Okay. So. And that puts you where? Um, uh, I would have been, uh, how old am I? That would have been 18. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this whole thing started, I think, because in 
college, or I guess like right when I was like freshman year of college, my friends and I were obsessed with the movie Out Cold, like okay. which I don't think is the best worst movie. I think it's just a great movie, but the movie's kind of stupid. I don't and, know Out Cold. Oh, okay. Let me tell you, it is a retelling of Casablanca. <gasps> But it takes place on a mountain, uh, modern day. Um, and instead of, you know, we'll always have Paris, they always have Pedro Horny's, which is the uh, like a Mexican cantina. <laughs> nice. Um, Pedro so Horny's. Pedro Horny's. So it's just okay. this really ridiculous movie. Like they 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 smoke, they get high, they drink. And, um, you know. No it, Nazi fighting. No. And it's okay. like Eve Six does the soundtrack. And okay. Yeah. It's like the modern retelling of it. Kind of like how 10 Things I Hate About You is um, Taming of the Shrew. It's okay. like that kind of thing. So the movie's really dumb. They, like, wipe out all the time. They drink all the time. The same, like, kind of jokes happen all the time. So my friends and I just had a drinking game to it. Okay. We were just like, we're going to play the alcohol drinking game, and that's what we do when we're <laughs> bored. And it just slowly evolved into, like, well, we've seen out cold 10,000 times. We need more movies to have drinking games, too. And I think it, like, segued into, like, horror movies. Okay. Like, I loved watching Scream and playing a drinking game to Scream. Yeah. Let me let me ask a clarifying question about the drinking game. Yes. So when, like, a movie like Out Cold and you're playing a drinking game multiple times, do you change the rules every no. time? Or is it just, like, I get into this rhythm now and I know it's only five minutes until yeah. I take the next drink? It, yeah, exactly. Because it's, like... It, Almost every time we would play, it would be like, not at a party setting, but like a hang, you know, like yeah. a group hang. And there would always be like one or two new people where we're like, you haven't seen out cold? We're putting it on and we'll tell you when to drink. <laughs> Brothers are messing with each other. Drink. They're wiping out. Drink. They're taking shots. Drink. Um, everyone, I'm sure everyone hated it. Like yeah. every new person that came over was just like, why am I here? We drove away a lot of like perspective relationships for my friends. Okay, so it was, <laughs> it was a tool to winnow out your friends. Yeah, exactly. See who's worthy. Okay. Um. So yeah, we definitely did a lot of horror movies. But I remember when I moved out here, um, I was on Netflix and I lived with these two guys, Kyle and Brett, when I first moved out here. And I was like just scrolling through Netflix and Brett was hanging out there and it was like recently watched A Talking Cat exclamation point question mark exclamation point and the the poster for the movie was like so silly it was like this kitten with like a bunch of just like cheesy looking people around and I was like what the hell were you watching (laughs) and it was like kind of a recent movie I want to say maybe like 2012 or something I don't know the year um so it's just like what is this and he's like no 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 put it on put it on you're gonna die you're gonna die (laughs) and I was like I'm not gonna die this is not gonna be entertaining at all but I just put it on and I'm crying laughing through this whole thing and i remember we we like were weeping the whole time the movie is so bad uh but not on purpose and i was like about 20 minutes and i'm just pausing it and i'm like hold on i have to go to the liquor store i'll be right back <laughs> we're starting this over and we're going to do a drinking game so you literally it. paused it in the middle and yes. went it was a long trip did you have to drive like an hour or no no i was living in studio city okay so just so- a quick yeah. Quick walk over if you to the Johns. Throw or whatever. a talking cat, you're gonna hit a liquor store in Studio <laughs> City. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um so yeah, we watched that movie all the time after that. Okay. Because every time somebody came over, again, I was like, I have to introduce you to this movie because nobody's really heard of a talking cat. You've heard of the room and like Jim Cotta and Samurai Cop, but yeah. a talking cat is like, what is that? <laughs> what is that? I've actually made friends via a talking cat. I have a friend named Omar that did a review of a talking cat on YouTube that was so funny. That I like reached out to him on Twitter to tell him how funny it was, and we are now in real life friends. Oh, really? Yes. Have you watched a talking cat together? You know what? We shot a video about it that has never seen the light of day, okay. but I don't think we've ever watched it together. Now you made a drinking game on the fly for a talking cat, but did you develop it into one that is in this really impressive book? Yeah. I mean, like, just to give people a picture, like, these are loose leaf sheets, but they're covered in plastic. There are tabs. This is incredibly well organized for something that has to do with alcohol and stupidity. <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure, see, here's the A Talking Cat one. Oh, yeah, with an image. I'm, I'm pretty, yeah, I used to do little doodles. I'm pretty sure this is a redo. I'm, this doesn't look like the original version, <laughs> because normally what I'll do is I'll write down a bunch of potential rules, and then okay. we'll cross them out as we decide they don't work or they're too aggressive you know okay so you try to get an optimal experience for people that yeah. your your drinking game playing yeah. is going on with i want you to have a good time yeah um i want it because it's got the rules have got to be something that you don't really realize keeps happening throughout the movie but once yes. you do realize it it's kind of hilarious yeah and you're like oh my god they do do this like 17 <laughs> times throughout the movie so, like so yeah. one of the rules for example is just the word cheese puffs doesn't see you know whatever what does that mean um well turns out like 
a lot of the dialogue has to do with the main character's Susan's business, which is Susan's Pantry Country Kitchen Catering, which is a stupid name for a business. <laughs> but you she, have it memorized. Yeah, I've seen this movie a few times. And she runs the she runs the business out of her kitchen with her single oven. Doesn't sound very <laughs> optimal for a catering business. But her entire business is just making these cheese puffs for people's parties, I guess. So she was like catering a toy company's business, making cheese puffs. Like at some point throughout, like the the third act of the movie is about these cheese puffs. And uh, they say it. Normal movie structure, yes. They say it maybe 38 times. (laughs) There's a super cut of it on YouTube somewhere that's pretty incredible. But it's. In the third act, so you're thinking like I'm I'm gonna be free of this film and this drinking game soon. Yeah. But no, here come the cheese puffs. Here come the the big twist. <laughs> the cheese puffs. Can you read your your full list of a talking cat? Sure. Game? Are you willing to share that with the masses? You know what? I will. I will. Copyright Ash Crossing. <laughs> um. Okay. So the first one is the mansion exterior, and it's anytime you see a shot. So all of the, this director David Dakota has made a ton of these movies. Okay. He has a ton of weird like talking animal films that he makes under a pseudonym Mary Crawford, but then movies he makes under the name David Dakota are these weird, like, kind of, like, homoerotic movies. Okay. Where it's just a bunch of dudes hanging out shirtless. (laughs) And it gets, like, very sexy, but it never goes further than that. Okay. I don't know why. But A Talking Cat is not a sexy film. A Talking Cat is is a children's film under Mary Crawford. (laughs) Okay. um, Who is actually David Dakota. So... But uh, the point is that all of these movies are shot at the same freaking mansion. Okay. <laughs> and David Dakota is a very um, uh, smart filmmaker. Instead of, you know, saying, oh, I, I could go shoot outside right now, or I could use the shot that I used in all of my previous movies. Ah, because he, he seems to know that he's pumping these out. He doesn't think that they're grand mm-hmm. masterpieces. He's pumping these out with speed and efficiency. Speed and efficiency. He's okay. got to put out about five or six films a year. <laughs> <laughs> so... Mansion exterior, um, they 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 do this wonderful thing where they will have a conversation and then they'll show B-roll of the outside of the mansion and then they'll go right back into the mansion. Okay. Which is not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed <laughs> to establish a location and then be in that location. Um, but he keeps going back to be like, you know what? We're still in the mansion. Just oh, FYI. he just reminds you in case you feel yeah, lost. Yeah. Just like a kind of a good <laughs> transition to just show you the outside of the mansion again. So that rule alone is a lot. Yeah. But there are more. Um, B-roll shots that go on for way too long. So okay. sometimes, you know, there'll be they'll just be kind of switching from locations because we go in between these two houses and the point of the movie is to bring these two families together via a cat that talks to them <laughs> um, because he has a magic color and can talk. And sometimes between the scenes, they'll just show a creek for three whole minutes. Three minutes. So, mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So this is like Twin Peaks The Return, uh, <laughs> like level of it gets you into a different state of right. being. Where are by we going with this? Oh, we're going back to the mansion. Okay, okay, back to the mansion. It raises a question: Where are we? Are we at the creek? No, the mansion. No, we're back at the mansion. <laughs> I think he has to fill a quota of of time. Of time. Okay. Um. So, uh, the third rule is a recycled shot. So sometimes you'll see the exact same beach setting. Okay. We're not at the beach, but sometimes there are just shots of the beach, shots is of the Is that then two shots in a row because it, it qualifies for both uh, the recycled shot and the exterior shot that goes on too long? Does that happen? Um, it, I guess that is kind of the... Well, no, because sometimes you'll see different shots of okay. the mansion. Okay. So sometimes you'll see the backyard of the mansion, the front of the mansion, the side of the <laughs> but mansion. But they're all drinks. Okay. But they're all drinks. Um, number four, of course, cheese puffs, like I mentioned. <laughs> um, the next one is the VW bug. Okay, so this house is trippy. Okay. The in- the interior of this house, decorated by David Dakota himself. I've investigated this. Same in- same decorations in all of the movies. But one of them is like a half couch, half VW bug that was cut <laughs> in half. And... Uh, every time you see that, sometimes they go and sit in it and have conversations. Every time you see it, it's just a treat. Uh, another one is a tree with heels on. They just have a, he has a tree in his house that's wearing red high heels. Now, how does a tree go about doing that? Is it a fake tree? Trees don't have feet, so I'm trying to picture Right, I think it's like the roots were then put into heels. So the tree was ripped from the earth and put into heels. Yes, (laughs) that's what it appears to be. Okay, that's savage. Um, oh, and then the last one, one of my favorites, whenever they talk about random tech jargon. So they'll have these conversations because there's a girl in the movie that's really smart um, and she wants to go to business college and she's invented an app that will design outfits for you after you scan all of your clothes. 
And so there's a scene where they scan all of their clothes <laughs> using a book light okay. instead of an actual scanner. And then it just kind of like does outfits. But um, there's a businessman in the movie who wants to invest in the business. And he has this conversation with his investor that I swear to God, just verbatim goes, yes, Mr. Investor, where should I invest in this business? And just, it goes on forever where he's just like, yes, I would like to put the money into the equities and talk about business. Okay. It's very clear he has never seen a business, doesn't know what a business is. There's no establishing shot of a business? I think David Dakota went on synonyms.com and <laughs> typed in business and then used all like the related thesaurus words That's of business awesome. into a sentence. Um, and it happens... Quite a few times. Okay, so how drunk would you get during a talking cat if you followed these rules exactly and say we're drinking like an average beer that's maybe like 4 or 5% alcohol? I think this would probably get you through a six-pack at least. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. so this is a torture challenge. Yes, this is this is we're not going out later. I have I I I could give you some where it's like, hey, we're gonna just pregame a little bit. This is like this is our night. This is your all in. Yeah. Okay. This is a sleepover. Yes, because sometimes I'll have best worst movie nights where we'll watch, you know, okay, two or three movies. Okay. So this is something I wanted to ask you about: is how much this experience for you? Obviously, you have this drinking game. That's how it all started. Mm -hmm. Everything you've described so far is a social experience where you're layering other people. And other substances yes. on top of these movies. Are they ever in a lone thing for you? No. No. I don't think I would ever be like, I'm going to pop on a talking cat and <laughs> hang out. No, I think I think it's the most, the best part about it is the, like the social element of it and having someone that's just never seen this stupid movie and then being like, what? am I watching? Yeah. I think I just love watching other people watch these stupid movies. So it's like a time. vicarious thrill of it is. you get to see the room again through the eyes through of this freshly eyes. drunk friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty awesome. What do you think, what would it take for you to watch it alone? Like now you've watched them so much, you have a positive association with them. Mm -hmm. Would you ever turn to it when you're like just bummed out because you need something comfortable or would that be depressing to watch one of these now, party movies to you alone. I don't think it would be depressing. I just don't think I've ever had the urge to do it. Yeah. Um, I could definitely watch Out Cold, like, anytime. I think that would put me in a good mood because it's, like, a little more nostalgic. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I don't think I would just, like, pop on the room and watch it. Okay. Because okay. I think the best part of it is just having the commentary all around you. Okay, yeah. So you, you don't want to hear the just the movie. I don't want to hear just the movie. No, we need we need all of the bad jokes in the room. Okay, and since uh, some of these movies, like certainly the room, became far more famous from the the riff tracks uh, covering it. Right now, now disaster artist, and you know I have a relationship with the riff tracks guys. I've written on some of the the movies I, I wrote for Samurai Cop, and got to meet Matt Hannon at a screening of the riff tracks wow. Samurai Cop. Uh, so I think a big part of them is that riffing experience. Some people get it from a product like Riff Tracks. Right. And other people get it from being live in person. Do you have any desire to listen to bad movies that have that have been riffed by someone else? Or is your experience that you want to do it yourself? Like, I got this. No matter how funny it is, I don't need anybody's help making fun of Samurai Cop. I'll do that with my right. friends. Um it's, I mean, I guess sometimes I do. Like, I've watched some mystery science theater, and I watch, like, sometimes I'll go online and just, especially with a talking cat, just because a lot of people haven't seen it. Yeah. I'll be like, wait, has anyone ever talked about this movie, and what do they think about it? And I'll okay. go watch YouTube videos of that. Stuff like The Room, I feel like I've heard all there is to hear about The Room. Like, I won't go <laughs> yes. seek that out. Yeah. But I think if it's a more um, hard-to-find movie, like a Jim Cotta or like a No Retreat, No Surrender, I'll be like, has anyone ever talked about this movie and what do they think? Yeah, yeah. Now, you've mentioned Jim Cotta a couple times. What, yes. Can you give me the brief version of what Jim Cotta is? I sure can. So, uh, Jim Cotta was made... I, I want to say it was made in the 80s. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> um, but it was made with a, a real Olympi Olympian named... Uh, uh, Kurt Thomas playing Jonathan Cabot might be the other way around I don't know <laughs> but it, it was like clearly a time where this guy was like can I curse mm -hmm. he was like the shit and they just wanted to make a movie surrounding this Olympic gymnast right? okay so the premise of the movie is that the U.S. government wants to get control of these satellites in this country called Parmistan, which is made up, so that they can get early access to nuclear codes. It sounds like the 80s. Um, yeah. But in order to get in 
to like a, a meeting with the king or, or you oh no they need to get a favor in Parmistan they need to like win a favor okay the US government does so in order to do that they need to send someone to Parmistan but in order to get that favor and to even stay alive in the country <laughs> of Parmistan you have to play this life or death game um, that is essentially a killer obstacle course where people will try to kill you the whole time and it's okay. just like this big death trap thing and uh, Jonathan Cabot is gonna try and he's gonna try to play the game and there's like ninjas everywhere but the reason they <laughs> sent the reason they sent him is because he's he's a gymnast um, but they also teach him karate so he can kind of combine the finesse of gymnastics with the martial arts uh, precision of karate okay and win the game hopefully is it remotely precise in the movie or is it is it good gymnastics bad karate or is it even good karate what makes um, this one like deli- besides what you just described of the yeah. amazing plot he he fights via gymnastics a lot and it's a lot of <laughs> unnecessary gymnastics so he'll like randomly do a round off back handspring back tuck not necessary for the fight um, yeah. but there's a lot of there's a lot of conveniently placed gymnastics equipment. Okay. Like there's one point where he's fighting people in an alley and there's just happens to be a high bar there. So he can like <laughs> grab onto it and do a bunch of flips and kick them. And then there's another part where he gets like cornered in a town square and like, thank God there's a conveniently placed pummel horse there that he can use. <laughs> what are the chances? And, uh, who is the auteur behind that one? Who is the driving force? Is it is there like a a big name? Not a big name, but you know, a, a director the way there is with I Tommy Wiseau. I don't think I don't know who it is. Okay, so yeah. that one doesn't loom large. In no, the I think I think it was the actor. I think he was like a big deal for a couple of years okay. or something. Maybe he was like a Michael Phelps for a year, and they were like, okay. "We should make a movie with you." Michael Phelps for a year would be a great bad movie. I think you <laughs> yes, should make that was. movie. I would happily drink to Michael Phelps. Maybe not for a year. Michael Phelps. Maybe like Ryan Lochte. <laughs> Ryan Lochte for a year. <laughs> Even better. Uh, so, what do you think is the special ingredient that makes a movie go from just bad? to so bad it is deserving of an Ashcross and drinking game party? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. Because there really is some kind of special sauce that makes a movie so bad it's good, isn't it? Like It's like you just know when you're watching it that the director was so passionate about this project and they really thought they were making the best (laughs) movie of all time. Like That's what Tommy Wiseau thought. And then... I don't know if you've seen Best Worst Movie, the the documentary about Troll 2. I have not. It's very fascinating. I highly recommend it. But the the director, I believe he's like he was like this this Italian guy that wanted to make a message about um being vegan or vegetarian. <laughs> okay. That was like the message of Troll 2, which there is no Troll 1. Well, there is, but it's not related. Um, but he, they interview him and he's like, people are like, it's the be- it's like the worst movie ever. And he's like, you guys are idiots. This is a genius film. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's what it is. It's like these directors that just think that no matter what anyone says, they don't understand their art. Yeah. Do you think that almost all of these movies have a low budget and yeah. or just technically bad filmmaking? But I relate a lot more to what you're saying of like the room and even Samurai Cop are... Uh, you can see a human being in every frame of that movie, uh-huh. a human being who thinks that they are making something miraculous. There's never a feeling of, eh, schlock. I mean, it, it sounds like the talking cat guy goes and, and pumps a lot of these out. But the yeah. ones that I like, I feel like that is a there's a specific weird human who thought no one would notice that yeah. wig in the Samurai Cop movie. Like, oh, my God. That I can get away with that. It's not, I don't give a shit. It's nobody will know. And there's like this unique humanity to that sort of almost like mm-hmm. hubris that I like. Right. Um, but do you think that we can see through really good filmmaking to uh, that uh, technical filmmaking to mm-hmm. see that level of hubris? Like if you went to a, a movie theater and saw a modern movie. Okay. Le- like let's say. That was well made. Let's say Josh Trank's Fantastic Four, right? Yes. Like this is a movie that I think we can all agree is not the best. No. But. I think, like, Josh Trank obviously put his heart and soul into that, but I also feel like you can see that there was so much that got in his way that wasn't him. You know what I mean? Like, if he's going to make a bad movie, I want to see his complete passion project (laughs) bad movie. Like, release the Trank cut. Okay, you you want the Trank cut of Fantastic Four. But, like, you got the vibe in that movie that, like, there was a lot of interference from whether it be, like, the studio or whatever. Like, it, it wasn't all him. Right, so maybe that's part of the heart of what makes them 
truly special that maybe that's a special sauce is like yeah. no interference no interference no one can stop me i we should throw footballs now you yes. know yeah or everybody needs this sex scene that nobody needs uh, which happens in a lot of these movies like there's there's literally no one reeling them in and just being like maybe don't do that yeah no one <laughs> so if one because uh, when people do do that you just get a bad movie yeah in that, yeah, you just try to make it a little bit better, and then yeah. it, it feels manufactured as opposed to incredibly genuine in its awfulness. Yeah. Yes. Um, if one of these famous people, uh, people who are famous for making a really bad movie, came to you and said, "I want to make your life story, Ash." Yes. Which one of them would you go with? Like, if they were actually like all courting you, if you had Tommy Wiseau, I can't remember who the actual director of Samurai Cop is. I was gonna but. say I can't remember any of the other directors' names besides Tommy. Having Tommy make a movie about you would be pretty freaking special. <laughs> like, I don't even know what he would do. Um, David Dakota would be an interesting one because he would make like a really like sexy version of my life. <laughs> That could be a good one. And you'd be in that mansion. But is there like a world, like the worlds that are crafted by these people? We mm-hmm. don't remember their names and that's fine. Who cares? We can Google later. Yeah. Uh, but is there a world that you feel like, I would like to see my life through that filter? Yeah, maybe um, maybe through the Samurai Cop filter. Okay. Yeah, I want to I wanna turn around in the middle of a scene <laughs> and just be wearing a wig randomly. <laughs> Like, no one would know. And be a real badass about it. And be, yes. Yeah, and have just the attitude, like, I can, I'm the coolest ever. Everyone wants to have sex with me. Oh, that's... There's an animal on my head. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody cares. Uh, But is there a part of your life that you feel is, like, because I feel like there's a truth to these movies. It it can be hard for us to figure out what it is. Right. But uh, Tommy Wiseau obviously felt betrayed uh <laughs> by life right uh in in the Sam- samurai cop i feel like there's this strong sense of wh- whoever made this has this sense of like justice like the right. world you know deserves justice and like it's got all of these you know rogue cop tropes but it, you can feel that beating heart of like it's not fair and somebody should just come and make everything right uh is there an element of your life that you feel like could use that treatment of like Something the world needs to see or know. Oh, man. Um, I wish I was, like, way more interesting. <laughs> Maybe it's, like, you know, when I'm just trying to make it in the biz. Okay. Um, I don't know. Not, I don't even know what I would use. Yeah, but that that's a great answer. Or maybe like when I was moving out here because I just like put all my stuff in a car and drove. Okay. So maybe I could I could do like an on the road, but a Tommy Wiseau version of on the road. <laughs> okay. Uh, and you would have random adventures on the road. I yeah. like the making it thing though. Yeah. Uh, for you, what is what is making it? Because you're, you're working for Entertainment Tonight, which is like, you know, an yeah. established entity here yeah. in our little entertainment world. Mm-hmm. You're interviewing... Uh, Cool people right. like Ryan Johnson and Mark Hamill, whose re- work you respect and like. Yes. So you, what is making it for for you? I don't know if I'll ever know because I okay. feel like you know I was actually talking to. Oh my god, I'm not going to name drop. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I just I did this carpet last night and I was asking everybody what the best piece of advice they had, and one of them was Alexander Desplat, and he said he was like, "There's no plateau. Like you're right. always going to feel like." You didn't make it yet. Right. And you're always going to, and you have to just leave everything behind you and keep moving forward. And there's always going to be somewhere to move forward. And I feel like I'm always going to feel like that. Like, okay. I'm always going to feel like, what's next? What's the next step? What's the next challenge? Yeah. Yeah. See, like, I think that's right for a really good, bad movie. If somebody took that honest feeling that right. I think a lot of us have, I've heard people talk about it as uh, like the, um, the ladder problem because whatever rung you get to, you pine for the next rung. Right. Um, and made just a, horrifically awful film about that right yeah making it it would have an apostrophe not a g it would be it would be making it it would be making it yes and i just want to succeed so bad and keep going that it just kills me somehow because i have to die in it uh now why do you have to die is there a lot of death in a talking cat uh no uh almost yeah there's almost a death what, would it? Would you like it if it was a meta movie where halfway through the film we realize that you are also watching the film and having a drinking game to it, so you're drinking to your own life? Wow. 
I love that. All right. Yes. I'll get to work on that. Yes, then. please. Yeah, yeah. I think you might be the right person to take this on. I'll, I'll try. Uh, if, if you had to live inside one of these worlds, like if you just sort of woke up and you had a strange sort of Kafka experience where you were in one of these worlds, where you, you had to do Jim Cotta, or you lived uh, next door to Tommy Wiseau, or you lived in the Talking mm-hmm. Cat Mansion, uh, wh- where would you want to be? Ooh, I, f- I feel like the talking cat world is the most pleasant because I don't want to live in Troll 2 where there's oh, yeah. goblins everywhere. <laughs> they're not even trolls, they're goblins. Um, you know, Samurai Cop, there's a lot There's a lot going on, a lot of gang gang activity. Yeah. Miami Connection, same thing. Um, maybe, uh, am I thinking the right one? No Retreat, No Surrender? Is that the one? Yeah, I think that's the one where he's trained by the ghost of Bruce Lee. That could be interesting. Okay. Where I get trained to fight by the ghost of Bruce Lee. <laughs> Like I said, the ghost of Bruce. Yeah, that that movie's crazy. But I think the a Talking Cat one, like two great families, they're pretty rich. Yeah, just eating cheese puffs all day. There's a cat named Duffy that might talk to me. <laughs> that seems like a nice world to live. Yeah, you know, I don't know you super well. We, we've done a couple podcasts together. We follow each other on social media, and from what I know of you. Living in a big mansion with a talking cat and cheese puffs. Yeah, sounds like prime Ash Cross. This material. is what everyone should know about me. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you feel at a, uh, a desperation or a need for new good bad movies all the time? Okay, all the time. So, the talking cat is the entry point, right? But that's yeah. when I got really obsessed with it because I would go on Amazon and look at a talking cat. People that like this movie also bought this. And that's how I would find all of the other movies. And I'd read the reviews of them and then be like, okay, this one has, like, I would go to, like, the five-star reviews because I wanted people to be like, this sucks. You have to watch it. Yeah. It's amazing. Because <laughs> they all have bad reviews, but because people don't get. Don't understand they don't the understand, brilliance. They don't understand the brilliance behind the directors. <laughs> um, so that's how, that was, like, my entry point is I found all of David Dakota's other films. Unfortunately, nothing lives up to a talking cat. So a talking cat is, like, a happy accident. Yes, because he has other ones. He has a Halloween puppy. He has a Christmas puppy. He has a ponytail. Are those the actual titles? A Halloween puppy? Yes. Okay, I want to see that. Yeah, an Easter bunny puppy is a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, so they're they're all okay, but a talking cat has captured some crazy lightning in a bottle. Okay. Have you uh, seen Julian Jack? No. Okay, that's one that I that I can recommend. Is uh, it is by the same guy who made Birdemic. Okay, yes. Have you watched Birdemic? Yes. That's a classic. And I, I, you know, I like the sequel a lot. Okay. Because they keep, people keep dying, but then they keep <laughs> checking on them to make sure they're dead and then keep announcing it. So it's like every scene they're like, check pulse, dead, check pulse, dead. Um, and I think it's, is it Birdemic 2 or the first one where they go to like a Coke machine to get a Coke and then a Pepsi comes out. That's <laughs> brilliant. So you are really appreciating these fine moments. These are, yeah, because I love to look at um, anyone that has like a specific dedicated Tumblr page is a good one <laughs> because they point out all of these really, really steeped things. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, Julian Jack is his uh, early work. It has some of the same themes about technology, but it's uh, VR. It's basically a guy uh, ends up having a relationship with a woman who exists in VR and it is, you know, mind-bendingly bad in all these delightful ways. But the actual VR machine kind of looks like the Death Star if it was a disco ball. Okay. Yeah. There's there's lots to drink to. Very into that. Flat, bad acting. Just beautiful. Oh, beautiful that's, stuff. That's the great part, too. The <laughs> actors. Yeah. Just, just trying their best. <laughs> the, the Best Worst Movie documentary is interesting because they track down all the actors. And some of them are like, this ruined my acting career. I really wanted to be an actress. And like, this ruined everything. Some of them want nothing to do with it, but then the the main guy from Troll 2 like lives for the fact that he was in Troll 2. <laughs> he does all the conventions. Yeah. He's a dentist now, so he's not in the acting okay. world anymore. He's out of the biz. Yeah. yeah, he's out of the biz. He just does his dentistry, but then he'll like be like, I'm the dentist from Troll 2. <laughs> <laughs> ah, just the happiest guy on earth. Yeah. Does he does he tell people when they don't know and they've just come to him for a root canal? Is he I'm like as think- he leans in, by the way, I'm from Troll 2. I think he <laughs> does he he definitely does that in the documentary <laughs> like, have you seen troll 2 i'm in it i'm the dentist from um, troll 2 <laughs> <laughs> i'm coming for your teeth 
We're going to move on to our how obsessed are you questions. So I ask questions or variations like these of everybody on my podcast. The first one is, do you think about good, bad movies every day? Ooh, not every day. No. Yeah. It's got to be like, hey, I don't know what I want to do tonight. Do you guys want to come over and we'll watch The Room? Yeah. Now, do you have groups at this point do you have like people that you friends that you know are down for this Uh, because you said before you were reaching out to new people yeah I think I I feel like I always have like an ever-evolving group of friends like there's a few core members but then there's always like hey this person that works really cool like we're gonna invite them over too okay um but I always have like I have like my best friend Scott we do everything together and I feel like him and I are like the main the main characters okay do you ever just watch with just him yes okay yes and still drink Yes. yes. <laughs> as long as I have one other person, I don't feel like it's like an alcoholism thing. <laughs> right. A drinking game by yourself it's is like, called alcoholism. It's like, yeah. what are you doing? Oh, I'm just sitting alone drinking a bottle of wine and watching <laughs> Samurai Cop. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So you have safety buddies. That's great. <laughs> exactly. That's great. Uh, now, how long does it take uh, for you to start jonesing? Like, how long between one of these fun parties where you're like, it's been too long since I've had that thrill of seeing someone else see the horror for the first time. It's been too long right now, I feel like. I feel like it's been a few months. Oh, Jesus. That's way too long. Yeah, yeah. Now, in the interim, do you work on your drinking games book, your meticulously kept book? Sometimes. So this meticulously kept book is not all best horror stuff. Sometimes it's just stuff I like to watch. Like, Right now I'm loving Cougar Town. They just put back on Hulu and I'm just watching a ton of Cougar Town. Okay. So when I'm watching a show like The Good Place or whatever, I'll just kind of start jotting down okay. notes. And for The Good Place for a drinking game, do you do you have Ted Danson touching people's shoulders? That's a good one. Okay. I haven't I haven't developed it yet, but okay. like that's like an example of one I would do is like when I'm watching The Good Place, I'm just like, hmm. Hmm. Anytime Tahani drops a celebrity name. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Next, how obsessed are you? Question Would you get a tattoo of Tommy Wiseau's face? Oh my gosh. Absolutely not. <laughs> I was really up in the air as you started the word absolutely with great oh intensity. My gosh, if it would no. just end or if it would be absolutely Pe- not. People ask me all the time, they're like, Are you going to get a pork tattoo? I'm like, No. Are you not a tattoo person? I, I do have one. I have a, a oh, yeah. yeah. I've got the Rebel Alliance on my finger. But that was like a lot of, I, I have to want a tattoo for an entire year in order okay. for me to get it. Um, and this is the only tattoo I've wanted for like, I wanted this for like five years straight and I would have never gotten it. Yeah. But my friend one day, like I woke up and he was just like, I'm picking you up and we're going to go get our tattoos. You've been talking about it for years. And I was like, oh no, I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah. I, up until the moment she hit my finger with the needle, I was like, I think I'm going to bail on this. Yeah. But I didn't. And then... uh as soon as she hit, was it just like that this is happening? Uh, yeah, I was like, there's going to be a moment in the next week or so where I'm going to look down and just be like, what have I done? <laughs> um, but I get why people get like addicted to tattoos because you do get one and you're just kind of like, eh, that wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Like, I thought this was going to be like really life altering, like having a child or something. <laughs> <laughs> Tattoo is not as neat. It's like not a yeah. huge deal. Okay, so you haven't reached that threshold to get another I, tattoo. Yeah. Anything. I, the Tommy Wiseau's face is a bit of a joke question. Yeah. But would you get anything? Uh, would you get the cat? Would you get the mansion? I don't think I would get something. I don't know. It would have to be like really well done. Yeah. Where it's like so minimalist and like kind of like nobody really knows except for me. I'm like, ah, got this a talking cat tattoo. Yeah. But I wouldn't want a big colorful picture of a cat like on my body <laughs> yeah. forever. Fair enough. Is the Rebel Insignia, is it meaningful to you? That's kind of a weird question. But the it, it unlike things like Tommy Wiseau's face, that Insignia means resistance it means hope yeah and it obviously it means all of those things in star wars and something that's so important to my life um but also i got it like after the election time so it felt very like i was like ah like all angry and wanted to get something that i was like i'm in the resistance yeah yeah so it was it had a double meaning at the time i mean i'm still a part of the resistance but right (laughs) so if some horrible thing happened in the world Mm -hmm. that made you feel like 
a talking cat tattoo yeah. is also a symbol uh, of pride Do you like and how I, I contribute to the world? I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, things are bad. I'm going to do something for me. <laughs> I'm going to get a tattoo. <laughs> that is, that is uh, if I ever get a tattoo, it will be that symbol, the the rebel insignia. I've talked about it yeah. in insane amount, and I haven't had a friend who's picked me up and said, we're doing this, which is the difference between that's you the and thing I. Is somebody has to, somebody that's got, because you're not going to go by yourself and get your first tattoo. Yeah. You're never going to walk in that door and be yeah. like, hi. Like, you need someone with you that knows what they're doing because it just makes it, makes you do it, honestly. Um, but actually, I just thought about your question more. So let's say, like, I met the love of my life. Okay. Right? And we watched a Samurai Cop every day. It was Aww. our favorite thing ever. Like, maybe there okay. would be something that we would get. Right. Together. Okay, if it had deeper meaning. Yeah, it would like... ha- Yeah, that's the thing. It would have to be like, I wouldn't just be like, Samurai Cop fucks. Like, I'm going to get a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> deeper meaning needs to exist. Deeper meaning. So you get the, a helicopter to symbolize your love. Perfect. <laughs> uh, would you, along those lines, would you break up with someone who did not like watching these kind of movies? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I'm not kidding. I, I think... Um, uh, I like to have, when I'm dating someone, like, they have to be, like, kind of a buddy as yeah. well as, like, being in a relationship with them. Like, I really like the person I'm dating to, like, literally just kind of be my best friend and kind of do all of these things. So if I was starting to see someone and I was like, we should watch A Talking Cat, and they watched it and they were like, this is the dumbest thing ever. What are we doing? Like, yeah. I don't like this at all. I'd be like, well, this isn't my person because they don't. Right. They don't like to do the same dumb things that I like to do, and we're just not compatible. Right. And it would. Ne- it sounds like it would never get that far because you were saying when you first started doing this to out cold, you did filter away. Yes. Potential all dating the time. people, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, how the the amount that like girls would come over that were dating my guy friends and were just like, this is so stupid. What are we doing? And we we're just like, okay, she's by. We're. Li- <laughs> she's gone. Did your guy friends break up? Uh, yeah, I don't think cause, like directly because of that, but more just like she's not she's not melding into the friend group at all. Okay, yeah, because it's a symbol of she's not gelling. Yeah, they are. <laughs> you did not make the cut. Out cold. <laughs> she's out. She's out cold. <laughs> when people walk into your home, can they physically see that you're obsessed with these movies? Yes. Ooh. So I have my my DVD um, bookshelf. It's kind of like a like a. What's this way? Horizontal. Uh, horizontal. Not vertical. <laughs> so it, it goes like along the length of my living room. Okay. And there's, it's like, um, it's that Ikea one that has all the little cubbies, like all the little oh, white cubbies. Yeah. So they're all the little squares. And there's one section that is just specifically best worst movies. Okay. Because I like to divide my movies up by um, genre. So okay. there's, there's a rom-com section. There's a Will Ferrell section. There's a Jim Carrey section. There's, oh, a whole Will Ferrell there's section. There's several Star Wars cubbies. Okay. Um, but there is a best worst movie cubby. Okay, and you think that people would, or I would be drawn to that immediately? Yeah, because it's right next to the Star Wars ones. Like, I'm, I. Yes. Okay. It's I. I made it kind of a focal point because there's the Star Wars stuff, and then the best worst movies, and then like my favorite movies ever. Okay. Those are in the main four. So was that intentional in your design to be a conversation starter? So if somebody comes over, their eyes probably, not probably, might be drawn to Star Wars, and then they inevitably look at. What, how do these films relate to your interest in yes. Star Wars? Yes, yeah. I think you gotta, yeah, you gotta peacock your apartment a yeah. little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's coming over, you gotta have conversational piece. Okay, now I'm just interested in your organizational system. So you okay. have you have rom-com, Will Ferrell, Star Wars. Yes. Good, bad movies, um, and then your favorite movies. Yes. What's left? You've already got Will Ferrell and Star Wars. What's left to be um, in your favorite movies section? Oh, okay, so my favorite movies are like, like I love like random not random, but like indie movies, like I love Fantastic Mr. Fox and Five okay. Days of Summer and stuff like that. So those are all in that my favorite movies cubby. Like okay. those are the, my favorite movies are movies that I can watch every single day of my life, and it doesn't have to be an event. I just like put them on in the background. Okay, yeah, you don't need other people. You don't need alcohol. Don't need alcohol. <laughs> I don't always need alcohol. <laughs> I don't need alcohol no, to watch the, Fantastic. The Mr. entire Fox. internet thinks I'm like. Just this lush that goes out every single night. And I really don't drink as often as people think I do. It's oh, so funny. Believe me, I understand. Because <laughs> for a while there, my Instagram was mostly like, hey, here's a picture of what I'm drinking. Or here's a picture of what I'm drinking. Oh and my sometimes gosh. I'd even be like, hey, on Thursday, I had two interesting drinks. I'll save one to Instagram on Friday. And then I've had people like come over here to the do the podcast. And a lot of times I'll take the pictures on my balcony at my apartment. And one time somebody came over and was like, is this... Is that the alcohol balcony? 
what do you drink all the time? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, maybe I should back off. Is that where you post up and just drink your scotch? <laughs> just your Instagram scotch? like fucking crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, I get real drunk and just go crazy with the filters. But I know what you mean. If you sort of celebrate it as a fun thing. And here I want to uh, share this fun thing. The internet is great for branding in a fun way, but sometimes bad yes. for branding in a <laughs> your liver is dying kind of way. Which yeah. Which is not true. All right, I want everyone to know that Ash Crossing can watch Fantastic Mr. Fox without drinking. It's true. You heard it here first. Have you ever had a dream about a really bad, good, bad movie? Hmm, a dream. Not that I can think of. Okay. No. Okay, that's fine. These, these how obsessed are you questions, sometimes the answer no is fine. Because it lets <laughs> me know how obsessed you are. Uh, so I am going to ask you a question about alcohol. Cool. Now, you like Allagash White. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, it is. That's your beer of choice, at least on the social media. Yeah. Yeah. I like that beer a lot, too. Would you give up Allagash White for a year to be able to watch these movies? Like, it was a choice. Either you can drink Allagash White or you can watch these movies, but not both. I would. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to lose my sponsorship that I don't have. (laughs) I would give up Allagash White. Oh, okay. Yeah, because... I don't, uh, yeah, I would give up Allagash White. I would yeah. have to find an alternate. Yeah, you can drink other beers, yeah. but. Well, my, my favorite drink is is red wine. Okay. But the issue is that I get like all, like my whole mouth gets purple. <laughs> so I don't drink it in public. But I would totally best worst movie on red wine. I think you're ready to go to the next level with social media and just celebrate. Own own the purple mouth. Oh, own the purple. <laughs> Hashtag Skeletor mouth. I think that's your next big thing on social media. Just go Why for it. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good answer. That's a nice, honest answer. Uh, would you get in a fight with a family member or a friend if they insulted these movies? Like if they were really mean about them and said like, they, that's dumb, you shouldn't do it. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I'll fight my family members over pretty much anything. Okay. But if, yes, if they insulted my, my way of life, <laughs> Your absolutely. very existence, yeah. Oh, man. I could, I could see Uncle Dave right now. <laughs> and is it, it sounds like that is the nature of your family that gets uh, okay to fight? Uh, not like physically, but like there's a lot of, uh, there's, let, let's just say uh, there's a political divide. Okay. Yeah. And one that the family discusses openly. Um, yeah, I've skipped a few Thanksgivings over the okay. past year. <laughs> yeah, understandable. <laughs> you and your Two resistance years. tattoo. Yeah. yeah. Understandable. How about a friend? Is it different with a friend? They wouldn't be my friend. So that would just be like, again, a door close. Yeah, like, I, yeah. If, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making it sound like it's like, I wouldn't be your friend for that reason, but it's like, I just don't think that we would be like, we would hang out. Yeah. If yeah, you didn't so like to do the same things I like to do. Right, because that's one of the things that happens with friends that's is we share interests. Being a friend is, yeah. But yeah, but I'm also asking you the question in terms of if someone was being a big fucking jerk about it, as opposed to just somebody saying, that's yeah. not for me, but yeah. I enjoy these other interests. Yeah, they'd be gone. Yeah. I don't like jerks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right. If a bear stole the only copy left in the world of a talking cat, there's <gasps> one copy in the world, you own it, it's stolen by a bear, and then... <laughs> Bear takes it. Do you chase the bear? It's the only copy in the world? Yeah. No one else would ever know what happened with the talking cat because this bear just grabbed it. Oh, my gosh. And is running away. I think I would try to locate the copy. Okay. Um, but I don't think I would chase after a bear. Okay. How would you... Do you have a tracking device on your copy of a talking cat? I would... I would Oh my gosh! I'm trying to think of one of my favorite. Um, it, like it's not a best worst movie. It's just hilarious. It's the documentary about the bear guy. Oh, uh, what is it called? Is it in your book here? No. You were looking. What were you looking I just for in your remem- book just now? Oh, I'll show you. I thought it was in the book, but I brought my copy of <laughs> oh. Samurai Cop that's signed by Matt Hannon. Oh, that is awesome. Keep because I po- like I said, podcast listeners they love visuals. <laughs> they do. Well, I, I'll take a photo of it and I can <laughs> share it on the old social media. All right. So if a bear. Uh, stole this okay the copy, signed copy the signed copy uh because the, there was a while where everyone thought that matt hannon was dead oh yeah yeah and yeah then it a turned, weird rumor then it turned out he was not dead um so for a moment that was a big valued <laughs> item right here um i think i feel like i would have to hire 
a bear tracking expert. <laughs> you know, those bear tracking experts right, that you right. admire. Uh, I, I would... <laughs> think that's just as realistic as my question. <laughs> um, let's see. I don't know. I feel like I would probably try to find where the bear went, but I don't know if I would chase after a, a live bear. Okay, so you wouldn't chase it, but you wouldn't just let it go. You would spend money yeah. and time. Money and time. Okay, chasing down the bears with it. Now, if the bear tracking people located the bear mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, can you here? Here's a prod or you know a suit to stay safe. Will you come with us to the bear's den and um, retrieve your a suit to stay safe? Yeah, it's like Iron Man suit. It's <laughs> so, like is it like Hulkbuster armor? Yeah, but uh, but more like padded." Like okay. a big padded suit. So the bear could possibly like throw me around, but I would be okay. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, I just don't feel confident that I'm not going to still get hurt, <laughs> is what you're telling me here. Um, yeah, I would get my DVD. <laughs> Sounds ridiculous. Yes. I don't think I would actually get my you, DVD. You, you and, yeah, you don't have to say yes if you don't mean I don't yes. think I would. Yeah. I don't think I would. Money and time, but not physical safety. Not physical safety. I think that it's makes not perfect sense. It. All right, here's the final how obsessed are you question. If every time you watched one of these movies, it caused someone somewhere else in the world actual physical pain. Oh, my God. Would you still watch? Oh, my God. Um, how much physical pain on the Just like an irritation. Index. Just like a little, like a poke in the shoulder, like a little needle in the shoulder. Like, it's, it's more shocking than, like, permanently writhing in pain. Just like, a, ooh. Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> If you knew this, do was... most people say no to that? Uh, people have all different answers. Uh, some people are like, sure, because someone's in pain always. Right? How, how can you know? Aren't we like, all in yeah. pain? <laughs> Aren't we all in pain <laughs> at all times? Some people want to take the pain onto themselves, which is very noble. Hmm. Uh, wow. Some people would that. prefer to know who is getting the pain. Would you prefer to have it be just a random person and you will never know, or would you rather it be like I can direct the pain? To Steve. Oh, man. If I could direct the pain, <laughs> uh, absolutely. I'd be watching these movies like every other day. <laughs> Fair enough. That's where the question falls apart. Where People are always like, yes, there are people I'd like to hurt. Here's my list. Like, are you stuck? Yeah, I keep it in my pocket. <laughs> All right. I ask everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What noise can you make to sum up your obsession? A noise? Best worst movies. <laughs> um, 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 hmm trying to think of what the the noise would be yeah what noise it, it can be uh an emotional noise or it can be the noise you actually make while you're watching um my noise would just be like drink because <laughs> you're telling everyone to drink when you're watching these movies <laughs> so you have this set out for everybody to pay attention to but you are the captain of these proceedings yeah yeah I'll kind of run the show. Okay, yeah, you're the showrunner. I'm the showrunner. I'm the executive <laughs> producer. Um, but I, you know, I trust my staff <laughs> <laughs> nice. to play the game properly. And if not, you will yell, drink. Uh, I ask everyone to rate their own obsession. So on a scale of one to seven, one being the lowest and seven being the highest, how obsessed do you think you are? With best worst movies, the highest being the. Se- I don't. I don't think it's the thing like I'm the most obsessed with. Like personally, like I like I definitely like Star Wars more, but I felt like that was an obvious thing to yeah. talk about. Um, but I feel like in regards to other people that I meet, I definitely know it more than the average average bear. Yeah, circling back to the bear thing. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna say I'm at a uh, a six. Okay. You said seven was the most? Yeah. Let's say a six. Yeah, yeah, because there's, you have... I mean, do do you know anyone that has a crazy laminated binder of games? No, no. I mean, that that's really, like, impressive and specific and unique and, and very, very fun. And you also kind of know exactly where it fits into your life mm-hmm. in the patterns. Uh, and you certainly don't go up to a seven because you do have your places where you're like, yeah, no, of course not. Absol- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fair enough and good and honest. Uh, All right. Uh, Can you tell people where they can find you and anything else you want to plug? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Well, um, my Twitter is where I'm definitely the most accessible, and that's at Ash Crossan. And if you ever want to see my work, it's um, I would go to Entertainment Tonight's YouTube page. I have new videos every single Thursday. 
Oh, really? Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. We just talk about movies and stuff. That's Mostly awesome. Star Wars, honestly. <laughs> Mostly. And then if there's like a new Marvel movie or DC movie that happens to be coming out, I will talk about that. Okay. Now, when you say talk about it, are these you like straight to the camera or are they interviews? Um, usually straight to the camera or I'll have like a guest with me that comes on and we'll we'll talk about it. I should have you on. Oh, I'd we love to. We should talk to. about Star Wars. I, I, I would love to. Yeah. yeah. It, and yeah, usually like, you know, there's Star Wars news to talk about or... Yeah, a movie's coming out. We gotta, we gotta review it. Yeah, there's almost too much Star Wars news sometimes. I'm like, very overwhelmed. I'm trying to get things done today. Come on. Uh, here's some quick plugs uh, for this very show, and then we'll do some weird, fun final questions. So you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out my Star Wars podcast feed, Force Center, that I co-host with Ken Knapsack and Jennifer Landa. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and stuff, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. You get access to our monthly patron-only bonus episode where my wife Sarah and I talk about something we are obsessed with in the moment. For full info on that, go to patreon.com slash joseph scrimshaw all right here are some weird final questions that don't have anything to do with anything they're just fun okay if you had to turn into an animal during the full moon what animal would you want to become oh i've always wanted to be a shark but like i wouldn't want to turn to <laughs> into a shark in my apartment so hopefully i would be transported into the ocean okay so you would want to be a transporting shark yes now if you knew ahead of time that every full moon you'd turn into a shark would you would you prepare for it or would you just be like i'm a transporting shark so i can be doing whatever i can be in the middle of doing a red carpet interview and i'll just disappear oh my god can you imagine <laughs> um yeah i'd like to be transported i don't want to prepare for it like <laughs> you have enough in your life to i prepare have enough for, going right? on i don't want to be like oh my god i gotta drive out to the sea otherwise i'm gonna be a shark in my apartment yeah <laughs> <laughs> it takes like an hour to get to santa monica from exactly. at least from most places yeah. right Fair enough. I think that's a very practical answer. Uh, next question. If you could shoot one of these two things out of your hand, which would you choose? Business cards or fine French cheese? I can choose one? Yeah. Fine French cheese. Yeah. Now why? Because I, for the first four years I was at ET, I didn't have any business cards. Okay. Are they my business cards? Yeah. I didn't have any business cards. And I would like hit up, you know... The upstairs, I'm like, guys, I really need some business cards. Like, it's embarrassing. I don't have any. And I finally got them, and I've never handed a single business card out. <laughs> yeah, we're just in a post-business card world, it's, aren't we? It's something you think you need until yeah. you get it. And then you're like, oh, I should just give people my number. <laughs> now, if you did have the power to discreetly produce fine French cheese from your hand, would you hand that out instead of business cards? Is a remember yes. me thing. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Could you? Who are you more likely to remember? The guy that gives you a business card, or the guy that just hands you fine French cheese? This is peacocking. <laughs> be memorable. I've learned a lot about peacocking. That's gonna be my new. Oh, goal. peacocking is my favorite. Yeah, I I peacock at bars all the time. It's when you you go out. And you're like, I could dress like a normal person, yeah. or I could wear a crazy dinosaur sweater. Yeah. You know how many more people I meet when I wear a crazy dinosaur sweater to a bar? A lot more. A lot more. Now, can I ask you a question about peacocking? Yes. Because I, I feel like I have a weird relationship with peacocking uh, because, you know, I grew up a nerd and I was teased in the normal ways that a nerd was yeah. in, in the era that I grew up in. Uh, but I love doing, I love performing. I, so I love attention when I want attention. I yes. don't like attention when I have not decided already and said to the world, give me attention. Yes. Do you feel like peacocking is sort of the uh, the social version of that, where you're yeah. like, I have decided I want attention. Yeah, because I'm so I'm like I'm an only child, so I go back and forth between being an extrovert and being an introvert. Yeah. And I, there are moments where I'm like, I'm going out because <laughs> I am an extrovert. <laughs> or, Tonight I am an extrovert. So that's like the peacocking outfit goes on. But then there are times, yeah, where I'm like, hairs in a bun. I am wearing like. I don't know. I Like, I try to be kind of incognito, and yeah. I don't want anyone to talk to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, this Sunday was the worst, be or the past Sunday, because at this at this time we are recording this, it was Super Bowl Sunday on yeah. Sunday, and I didn't want to do anything. I was in my introvert mood. I just wanted to be on my couch. Turns out, you can't stream the Super Bowl through the PS4, so I had to go to my friend's house and be social. <laughs> I wanted nothing to do with that. Yeah, and did you manage to get yourself up to a, a peacocking level? Wore pajamas. <laughs> Absolutely not. Its own kind of peacocking in a way to I brought, come to somebody's home by wearing the way, pajamas. Uh, so I'm an Eagles fan. I'm from 15 minutes outside of Philly. Okay. Brought four Allagash Whites to this party and a Patriots fan drank them 
What a piece of shit. Yeah. So I was like, this is a sign that I should not have been social today. Because I was not having it. Fair enough. Well, it is, it's nice to talk to another person who is on that introvert-extrovert line. And I have learned so much about peacocking. The, <laughs> the final question for everyone on the podcast is, what is happiness? Oh, my gosh. I know, right? I did not know this question was coming. <laughs> what is happiness? Um, wow. What is happiness? Happiness is a warm gun. <laughs> I don't get that anywhere near as often as I should. <laughs> you should, right. I should get this more often. I can help you break it down if yeah, you Yeah, like. let's do this. So uh, some people wrestle, when I ask them this question, with uh, first off kind of uh, thinking through the nature of happiness. If it is more... When do I feel the most comfortable? Right. Or is it when do, kind of the introvert expert thing, when do I feel the most engaged and alive? Mm-hmm. So for you, just starting at that point, which is the introvert expert choice, I guess a little bit, but where, where, when you think of happiness, is it more like, ah, I'm in my pajamas, I have my Algash white, I want to be alone, and I am. Mm-hmm. Or is it like, I'm wearing <laughs> an actual peacock costume at the bar, yeah. and everyone's talking to me. Um, I think it's that. I think I, I when I'm at my most happy is when I'm like do I'm at like an event. Like it's something that I've been looking forward to and I'm finally there. Like I love uh don't judge me. I love music festivals and I love like going to summer camps and I yeah. love going on like certain trips. So I have like a trip to Austin coming up. I will be so happy that weekend because yeah. I'm just like I'm traveling and I'm like going to see people I haven't seen in a while. Okay. And we're gonna go out to places I've never been before. That's when I'm like the most happy. Yeah. And I think there's something powerful about that because that experience is uh, a, uh, this is dumb, but a sandwich of happiness. Like sometimes you do like one happy thing, but if you're at like a music concert or a a movie thing that's going to go on for days. Right. You're in this period of not only am I having fun and I'm happy right now, I was happy yesterday, I'm going to be happy tomorrow. Yeah. And that's not like like Comic-Con, Star Wars Celebration. Those are like my happiest times. When I think of like all the times I've been the happiest, it's like all of those. Awesome. Every year Comic-Con. All right. I think that is a great answer that happiness is Comic-Con and or a music festival. It is. <laughs> I have never got that answer. So that's a great one. Happiness is an event that costs hundreds of dollars. <laughs> you can buy happiness. You there can you have buy it. it. Right here on No, you know what? Podcast. I think it's being, just being surrounded by like-minded people because we grew up in this, this nerd atmosphere where you are like, there are many times where you're alone and yeah. like people don't understand why you like it. So when you go to these things where you're like, oh my gosh, there are thousands of us and you all kind of connect and become like the best friends you've ever had and you make them in this weekend. Yeah. And that's really special. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Well, thank you so much to for elaborate. doing the podcast. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. Absolutely. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Here are my drinking rules for the room. Lisa is referred to as sexy or beautiful. <laughs> a spoon is spotted. Hey, that one happens at the screenings a lot. Johnny greets someone with, oh, hi, whatever their name is. <laughs> someone mentions that Johnny is Mark's best friend. He couldn't do this to him. Johnny says, don't worry about it. Someone mentions what a great guy Johnny is. <laughs> you see stock footage of San Francisco. <laughs> when Johnny calls someone a chicken or imitates a chicken. <laughs> gratuitous sex scene someone says babe this is one of the ones where you're gonna die by the way uh lisa says she doesn't love johnny and they're on the roof again (laughs) and there it is